Well, the Old Testament lesson for this, the third last Sunday of the church year, is from Amos chapter 5. And it is a call for us to repent of our sin, recognizing that the end of, of this world will come upon us in a catastrophic kind of way. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feasts, I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fatted animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We've just heard of the terrible day of judgment that Amos describes in the Old Testament lesson. But for us who believe in Jesus Christ, it's not a day to be feared. It's not a day to be feared because in Christ our sins are forgiven and we have the promise of everlasting life. And that's what Paul reminds us of in this epistle lesson from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, Jesus, or through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another. Encourage one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Out of respect for Christ, I invite you to rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel appointed for this Sunday is from Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 1, the parable of the wise and foolish bridesmaids. And in this text, Jesus is going to speak to us, and he's going to say to us, be prepared. You don't know that day or hour when I'm coming, but be prepared. Don't be a fool. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins, bridesmaids, who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise, they took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and they slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, 
since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. During the next three Sundays, we will focus our attention on Matthew chapter 25. Today I'm going to look at the first of the parables, the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And for the next two Sundays, while I'm on vacation, Pastor Blaine will be here, and he'll be leading you through the other two parables that appear in Matthew chapter 25. Those of you who listened to my sermon from last week know that I shared a story with you about a mother and a father and their son, Timothy. That story was fictional, but certainly true to reality. Today, I'm going to share another story with you. This one is based on a true story, a story that appeared in the news a number of years ago. And I think it ties in to this text this gospel reading from Matthew 25, and hopefully you'll see the connection as we go along. Jesus said, or he says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was long in coming, delayed, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Albert closed the, loaded the last suitcase into their Chevy Astro minivan, and he slammed the door shut. Well, I think that's everything, Rita. You've got the passports, right? Albert asked his wife for the third time. Yes, dear, I've got the passports. Albert hopped into the driver's seat beside his wife. He punched in the coordinates for their trip into the GPS. He strapped on his seatbelt and he stepped on the gas and off they sped. As Albert navigated the van along scenic Highway 97 through orchards and vineyards, Rita began to hum the melody of Christ, in Christ alone. Rita's heart was flushed with love for her husband as she glanced at him. They had been so blessed. Seven cars waited in the line at the Soyuz-U.S.-Canada border. They got those pass- You've got those passports, right? He asked his wife yet again. Yes, dear, I've got the passports. Good, have them ready. I'll do all the talking. Well, the border guard gazed into the van. Where are you headed? Well, my wife and I are on to Vegas. Going to try your luck at the slots? No, Rita and I, we don't gamble. We're going to a trade show. 
you're not selling merchandise, are you? No, 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 we're just going to look and knowing my wife, I'm sure she'll want to buy something. Oh, Albert, Rita exclaimed, and Albert chuckled to himself. He knew that if anyone was going to buy anything at this trade show, it would be him. Well, you have a good trip now, you hear? And drive safe. Thank you, sir. Albert slipped into the gear to drive, and off he went, southbound towards Vegas. Well, the highway traffic was light. The scenery was breathtaking as Albert navigated the narrow mountain passes. We're making great time, Rita. What do you say we get off the main road and take, take a side road and do a little bit of exploring? Oh, Albert, you're so predictable. You've always been that more adventurous one. Well, let me see what the GPS suggests. We can get it to recalculate our trip. Well, the hum of the tires and the warmth of the sun shining in through the windshield lulled Rita into a sleep. She was awakened by a female's voice. In 100 yards or 100 meters, turn left, the computer-generated female voice commanded. I don't think we should use this road, Albert. It looks a little daunting. No need to worry, Rita. It's a shortcut. It'll take an hour off our trip. My female friend can't be wrong, can she? Well, okay, if you and your GPS mistress think so. Well, down the gravel road, the astral van headed. An hour later, overgrown shrubs hugged the road, and, three branches, and tree branches were scraping the roof of the van. Rain and wet snow had transformed the dirt road into mud. The GPS female tour guide was eerily silent. Let's turn around and head back to the main road, Albert, while we still have some sunlight. Oh, I don't know, Rita. I hate to turn around now. I mean, our connecting road might be just around the next bend. No, Albert, I, I really think it's best that we go back the way that we came. Okay, if you insist. But I'm not sure how I'm going to turn this vehicle around. It's pretty narrow here. Albert came to a slight clearing in the road. And as he pulled the Chevy over to the side of the road, the road gave way and the van's passenger side wheel sunk into the mud. Albert jumped out and he slammed the door. Oh, gosh, how foolish. Rita, we're stuck. There's no way we're going to get this bucket of bolts out, of, out on our own. Get out the cell phone and we'll call AMA or whatever they have down here in the States. Well, Rita reached into the glove box for the phone and she turned the phone on. Honey... There's no cell phone signal here. Now what are we going to do? Oh, I should have thought about that possibility before I turned down this road. I guess we'll just have to wait for the next vehicle to come along. But Albert, we haven't seen any other vehicle on this road, and it's getting late, late in the day. Well, sooner or later, someone's going to drive this way. Oh, let's eat. I'm famished. I can always think better on a full stomach. And for the next or for the rest of the day, and for the next two days, Albert tried in vain to get the van unstuck. Rita prayed that someone would pass by, but not a car or a truck was seen or heard. She could hear 
Albert muttering in frustration, and the van battery was beginning to die, and food supplies were dwindling, and snow blanketed the ground, and the crisp evening air chilled them to the bone, and Rita and Albert, they cuddled and spooned one another as they shivered under a single thin layer of a blanket. Coyotes and wolves howled in the distance, and Rita wept quietly as she was held in Albert's arms. And they prayed, and they read Scripture, and they reminisced about trips that they had taken with their children. With their children, Rita, we can't keep on like this. We're running out of supplies, and no one is, is coming to rescue us. I, I think it's best that you stay with the van, with the supplies. But, 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 Albert, I don't want you to go. I'm scared. It's not safe for you to go. Oh, I'll be fine, Rita. I have the flashlight and a supply of granola bars with me. I'm taking the GPS and the cell phone with me too. I'll head back the way that we came so that I can get us some help. And Albert and Rita, well, they embraced one another. Albert kissed his wife on her lips, and he said, Goodbye. I love you. I love you too, she said. And Rita watched and prayed as Albert disappeared around the bend in the road. Forty-nine days later, Rita was rescued by some hunters who stumbled upon her accidentally. According to news reports, Rita survived on a spoonful of trail mix that she ate once a day until it ran out. And then she sucked on some hard candy and ate or swallowed some fish oil pills. And the water, well, that came from the melted snow. By her own admission, Rita said that she was completely helpless to save herself. She was really only two or three days from death before the rescuers arrived. Rita's pastor said of her rescue, after seven weeks of prayer and anticipation of Al and, and Rita being discovered, it's like receiving someone back who died. Well, after months of searching, Albert has never been found. He's presumed to be dead. And one wonders, what would have been Albert's outcome if he and Rita had packed enough supplies for the unexpected? to last them both until the rescue party arrived. Being unprepared for the unforeseen can have tragic results. Just as being prepared for the unforeseen can have miraculous, even triumphant outcomes like receiving someone back from the dead. Jesus said, at midnight the cry rang out, Here, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all the bridesmaids woke up and they trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the bridesmaids who were ready, well, they went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. 
But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch. Be prepared. Because you do not know that day or the hour. Keep watch. Be prepared for the unexpected. For you do not know when the bridegroom will come. Albert and Rita, well, they were unprepared for the unforeseen, and it cost Albert his life and almost cost Rita her life as well. The foolish bridesmaids in our text, well, they are unprepared as well for the delayed arrival of the bridegroom. And they find themselves lacking the necessary oil to light their torch. And they are absent when the bridegroom arrives. And tragically, they're locked out. They're locked out of the festive banquet. There are a number of lessons that Jesus is making in this parable. Here's a few. One, be prepared for the unexpected. We're to keep our torches or our lamps trimmed and our oil reserves full. We're to be ever watchful and prepared for the groom's arrival. Sadly, we become enslaved to the tyranny of the immediate. There's work deadlines. There's loans and bills to pay. There's medical appointments. There's homes to renovate. There's yard work to be done. There's furnaces to repair. There's kids' tuition to be paid. There's COVID-19 to avoid. There's shows to binge watch. There's an, electri- there's an election outcome to stress over. And the list goes on and on and on. And we focus on the immediate and we forget to prepare ourselves for the future, to realize that the groom is coming. Oh, you think, oh, I can barely get through the day. I can hardly keep my head above water with all my current obligations. I'll worry about the end at the end when I'm faced with it. Well, that's a fool speaking. Fools speak like that who are not preparing themselves for the coming of the groom. Jesus talks about the wise bridesmaids in our text. The wise bridesmaids are those who are ready for the bridegroom's arrival. And what makes them wise? Well, they're prepared, aren't they? They have ample supply of oil that is needed for their torches, for their their lamps. That means that they're ready for the return of Christ. And how do they make themselves ready for the return of Christ, the bridegroom? Well, they meditate on the Word of God daily, centering their thoughts and their minds on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The wise bridesmaid, those are people who keep their mind focused on the cross and God's incredible love for for them, for us. They're people who keep their mind on the resurrection of Jesus, knowing that sickness and death is part of our life, but it's not the end of our life. It's not that which rules our life, but instead Jesus' resurrection rules our life and the promises he makes to us that we will live again. And the way that wise bridesmaids keep their, the oil in their lamps, so to speak, is to utilize the means of grace, those means that God gives to us where he brings us all of these treasures and he keeps our lamps full. 
And so wise bridesmaids focus on their baptism. And they drink deeply of the blessings that God has given to them in, in that sacrament of water and word. They come regularly to the Lord's Supper to partake of the very body and blood of Christ. They nourish themselves for the days that lie ahead. They regularly worship the Lord so they can keep their minds focused on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. They study the scriptures in-depthly so that they can learn more about this God who not only created them, but who loved them and who's redeemed them. Yes, the wise bridesmaids are those who follow the word of God and carry out the will of God in their life as they love not only themselves, but love one another and show compassion to to other people as well in the name of Christ. And so wise bridesmaids are those who keep their oil in their lamps full and ready for the return of Christ. But the second point that Jesus makes is that the bridegroom is delayed. No one knows the day or hour when the groom will arrive. In Matthew 24, we read, But what about that day or hour? No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven. Not even the Son, but only the Father. And again, Jesus says, So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. In the parable that Jesus tells us in Matthew 25, the bridegroom arrives at midnight, into, well into the night. And why is the delay? Well, the parable doesn't tell us why it is that the groom is delayed, but elsewhere in the Bible we're told that the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, has returned his delay, has delayed his return in a display of extraordinary patience as he wants as many bridesmaids as possible to be prepared for his arrival and saved, received into the banquet of God. Yes, did you hear me? It's God's extraordinary patience his love for humankind, that he delays his return so that many, many people can be prepared and ready for the return of the groom. Peter writes, The Lord is not slow in keeping his patience, as some understand slowness, but instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The bridegroom is delayed in coming, but he will return. He does finally come. And that means that there is a decisive and irrevocable day when the door to the banquet hall is closed and locked. Some are in and some are out. You see, we live, we die, and then we face the judgment. When we die, there's not a second chance. There's not a second chance to get it right. Oh, we can bang on the door. We can beg and plead with the groom to open up the door. Let us in, please. But he'll say, I don't know you. And frankly, friends, those are words we never want to hear from our Lord. For many of us, the day of the Lord's return is the day we die. He comes to us whether it's in the hospital bedroom, hospital room or in our bedroom or in a car accident or whatever it might be. He comes to us. The bridegroom arrives. And the question is, are you ready? Am I ready for him to come? Well, the fourth point that Jesus makes in this parable is that when he arrives and we're received, 
into the banquet, there is indeed a feast. And let's not lose sight of that. The eternal banquet is a festive occasion. It's described in the Bible as being a time of abundance of food and beverages, and there's instruments playing, and there's singing, and there's dancing, there's celebrating. Because we're victorious over Satan. We're victorious over sin. We're victorious over death because of all of what Christ has accomplished for us. Listen to these words from Isaiah 25. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. And on this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. And so we who are the wise bridesmaids have so much to look forward to. We have a feast to look forward to, a banquet feast where Jesus Christ is the groom, the guest of honor. And yes, we will be joining our voices with the angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, and we will sing and we will dance and we will celebrate. Instruments will be playing like we've never heard before. And we will partake of food and beverages given to us by God himself. And we'll be celebrating the victory that is ours through the lamb who was slain, the groom who gave his life for the bride, who gave his life for you and me. And Albert and Rita had to do it all over again. They might have packed a few more reserves in the van, reserves that were maybe needed for the unexpected. They might have stayed the course that they knew. They might have turned back sooner to get back to the main road. They might have waited together until help arrived. Hindsight is 2020, isn't it? But let me say this about them. As unprepared as they may have been for the unforeseen dire situation that eventually resulted in Albert's death, the truth is that they were two wise bridesmaids, for they were prepared. They were prepared for the day that the groom came a-knocking. They were prepared. And today, Albert is victorious, even in death. Today, well, this is a 2020 hindsight day for us. That's what this parable is doing for us. It's giving us hindsight. It's posing to us this question. Are you going to be the wise bridesmaid prepared for the advent of the bridegroom? Or are you going to be the fool? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.